Hello, and welcome to the Ontic Protective Intelligence Podcast. I'm Fred Burton with the Ontic Center for Connected Intelligence. During my years as a counterterrorism agent with the U.S. State Department and time spent as a physical security expert in the private sector, I've seen it all and met many fascinating people along the way. This podcast series explores the riveting world of safety, security, and protection through conversations with leaders in the field. I'm Fred Burton, and now on to the podcast. Hi, I'm Fred Burton here today with Bill Villanova. Bill is the president of Frank E. Campbell, the funeral chapel in New York City, which has a rich history and is arguably the most well-known funeral home in Manhattan, if not the nation. Bill is well-known for implementing and promoting the highest standards in funeral service, of which security and privacy are paramount. As an expert in his field, he has been sought after for interviews, presentations, film consulting, acting, and as a contributing author. Bill is the recipient of the Silver Lifesaving Medal from the United States Coast Guard. Bill, welcome to the Ontic Protective Intelligence Podcast. Fred, thanks for having me. Bill, you've got a fascinating job. And uh, when we booked you as a guest, uh, the first thought that crossed my mind was I had an opportunity to visit the LAPD Homicide Division once, and they have a sign hanging there that says, our day begins when your day ends. And in looking at uh, your funeral chapel, you've handled some of the largest celebrity funerals, heck, in, in, in history here, from John Lennon to Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, Rudolph Valentino, Heath Ledger, and the list goes on and on and on. How did you get into this business? Well, Fred, as a young boy, I uh, my dad died when I was uh, when I was sixteen, and I spent a lot of time with my uh, my godfather, and he, he had uh, two funeral homes. And as a young boy, I would cut the grass and uh, then trim the hedges. And before you know it, I was working uh, in the visitations uh, for funeral services, helping park cars, and it was almost second nature to uh, work in and around the funeral home. And uh, as I got older, it was uh, it was clear that uh, it was a profession, a calling. Uh, and I went to college, earned my degree in mortuary science, and uh, that's how I began. And in many ways, just looking at the celebrity funerals, uh, this is just special event management, isn't it? Well, you're correct. Uh, it is definitely a special event. Uh, it is managing it all and directing uh, the funeral uh, and and ultimately uh, adhering to all the family's uh, needs and wants. Uh, it could be uh, religious customs or cultural customs, uh, but it's a, it's a balance and it's a tremendous amount of detail and preparation that goes into every funeral, uh, but specifically for some of these uh, higher profile uh, funerals. Yeah, the you know we all uh, have been to several uh, over the course of our lives, and some are huge. And of course, you watch uh, some of these uh, tremendously large events. Uh, back when I was a special agent, uh, we used to protect Princess Diana, and I vividly recall watching that funeral unfold on TV and just shaking my head and so forth. But then also thinking about the logistics that go into play. Talk a little bit about how you go about planning for that kind of high-profile funeral. 
So we approach every uh, funeral, uh, you know, from a uh, an opportunity to uh, our, lo- our logistics, lay out the logistics, um, our transportation, how we're going to approach a, a, a building, our egress, and uh, identify every opportunity for us to make it uh, safe and secure. Uh, we don't want the family to be interrupted, nor uh, we don't want them to know what we're doing. We want them to experience the funeral uh, as it should be. It should be all about their loved one and their family. And all the logistics that we have to go through in the background, uh, that's our burden. That's our responsibility. So we are discussing with local law enforcement, uh, you know, if there's any street closures. Uh, we want to use streets that are... Um, that have at least two lanes. Uh, you know, we don't want to get stuck in, on a single lane road. We want to use main thoroughfares. Uh, we uh, we want to make sure that uh, where we're, when we're arriving that there's ample parking, uh, that we have an advanced team. If it's at a church, if it's at an event space, even going to the cemetery with larger funerals, we'll always have an advanced team, maybe two advanced teams. And, um, and so it's all about the logistics, communication, is obviously in any event uh, very important. So we we rely heavily on over communicating, making sure that we have ample staffing, and um, we go from there. Bill, it sounds exactly like many of the United Nations General Assembly motorcades that I've been in, as well as some of the Middle East peace conferences. Just the planning, and I learned a long time ago that logistics are are always the challenge. What are some of the hard lessons learned over the course of your career in this business, and how have they changed your approach to thinking about security at future events? One one lesson I've learned, uh, probably mo- more so over the past five years, is that uh, you know every every time you have a plan, uh, it's a great plan until uh, somebody looks to change it for you. And it could be a uh, an attendee that's a principal attendee, and and you know as well as I do, Fred, that uh, when we are holding events uh, and we know that there's going to be someone coming that's a protectee, they may arrive late. Uh, they want to arrive last. We want to, but we also we can't make it look like uh, we're holding up the funeral. So we want to be effortless uh, in that sense. Uh, so when it comes to our approach, logistics. Uh, I, I talked about communication before, but uh, I would say the most important thing is to be flexible, be nimble, and uh, know where your resources are. And, and then the other piece of this, too, is decision makers. Uh, we, we always have to have that core group of decision makers that can speak on behalf of a team, speak on behalf of a group of uh, people that are handling transport. Uh, we, we, we don't want to waste time uh, with someone saying, I need to get an answer for you, or I can't do that. Uh, we want to always have our decision makers together uh, to make things uh, seamless and, uh, and appear effortless. You know, Bill, I know how many people it takes to staff a traditional protective detail. When you're looking at a large scale event for like a celebrity funeral, what kind of numbers are you talking about behind the scenes? Like how many folks are actually engaged in, in the operation? So we can have uh, our, our staff uh, that does a great job. And I, I'd say that uh, they work very well with law enforcement because they know what's expected of, of us and, uh, and the detail that we provide. So we, first we start with our uh, communications. Uh, you know, all of our team, our key members of our team, they're all wired up. 
when it comes to our uh, security detail, they're wired as well. So we have some great communication. Sometimes we'll share uh, our communications as best we can to overlap. And uh, we're talking at some, some instances, we can be working with 50 uh, members of multiple agencies. Uh, for example, we've had services here over the past couple of years where it was uh, members of the NYPD uh, plus the Secret Service, then private security, uh, and then our staff here. Uh, and really, I'd say most most of the, the most of the time it works very well. Uh, sometimes there's obstacles uh, when we have multiple private security details. Everybody wants to be in charge, Fred, right? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So, so, so to uh, so to rein them in, uh, kind of set the tone, and to say that listen, we all know that everybody's important here, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, this is about a funeral, and it's about the uh, the immediate members of the family. And uh, if we can't play nice, then uh, <laughs> then then we have to have a different conversation. <laughs> it, it reminds me of many of my planning meetings in New York before kicking off a uh, major event of like a Yasser Arafat visit or something, trying to get uh, NYPD, Intel, the FBI, everybody in the same room working together uh, is easier said than done. You're right, Fred. And, you know, we, we have a, our expectation as well. So, you know, with the Secret Service, uh, you know, they'll come in, they'll sweep our building, you know, before the event. And then ultimately, you know, we close it down. We, we go through our background checks to make sure that we're, we're all good. Uh, you know, that's, that is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a common occurrence when we're at that level uh, of service. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's not frequent. Uh, so we, we just have to be ready. We, we debrief, uh, we train when we have the opportunity, uh, to ensure that our staff understands what's expected of them. And uh, we know that not not every funeral is the same. There's no two funerals that are the same. There's no two events that are the same. And um, but we all know what the goal is. We'll get back to the conversation in just a moment. But first, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Ontic's Center for Connected Intelligence. In the world of safety, security, and protection, we know that gathering and sharing information is crucial. That is why we created the Ontic Center for Connected Intelligence. The center is a hub for the ongoing exchange of security strategies and best practices, insights on current and past trends, and sharing valuable information through expert discussion and analysis. It's made up of seasoned experts across a wide range of disciplines. To find blogs, podcasts, webinars, white papers, and more, Check out the center by visiting ontic.co slash center. That's ontic.co slash center. Bill, how do you handle the paparazzi? I know uh, in some of these, especially celebrity funerals, uh, whoever's got inside pictures or, or whatever it might be of, of this kind of event, uh, is can be worth a lot of money to some of the tabloids and so forth. So how do you go about uh, dealing with that? Do you have your own kind of lookout system for those individuals that might try to sneak into events, for example? 
So usually, uh, you know, we have an understanding. We'll speak with uh, with the client family uh, early on and identify whether or not this is going to be a private or a public event. If it's going to be a private event early on, if people are calling and asking, are you handling the services for uh, a specific person? We always say we're not. And uh, we, 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 we take that all the way until the day that they may see us leaving the building and making our way to a place of worship or, or a cemetery. So we, uh, we always deny that we're using, that we're providing the services. And, and I'd say there's a, a fair amount of drop off that happens there, even though they can always uh, expect that chances are we're going to provide those services. Uh, we work with the NYPD and uh, they will uh, bring the metal barricades here and we'll set up a media pen, uh, an appropriate uh, area, appropriate size uh, for the most part. When that happens, usually the media is very respectful. If we are hosting an event either here at the funeral home or at a place of worship, uh, we always create um, uh, pinch points you know, where you have to come in, whether it is a uh, uh, members of the um, family, relatives, guests, they have to come through one area and uh, so we can control who is coming in. And whether we're working off of a, a specific guest list or there is a printed invitation, um, we work with a client family and their staff uh, to ensure that we're not missing uh, we're not missing anyone uh, coming in. And uh, when in doubt, uh, we we do not let someone in until we are absolutely sure and certain that uh, they need to be on site with us. The logistics that you're talking about, Bill, are so identical for just planning a large-scale security special event. Uh, uh, it's it's really amazing. I imagine that you also have to plan for things such as uh, vehicles breaking down, like like we did for motorcades and so forth. Yeah, Fred, you hit that uh, hit that perfectly. It's almost like you set me up for success on this question. I love it. <laughs> uh, so uh, we do run uh, we run empty vehicles uh, in in that in that case. Uh, sometimes we do need to provide additional transportation, uh, and uh, for the for our, our higher profile funerals, uh, we will run a second hearse that will travel approximately fifteen minutes behind uh, the uh, the funeral. Uh, just in case we we do need that that asset, uh, and then also with, with trans transportation as part of it, uh, the other piece of that is also safe spaces. So we always prepare to ensure that there are safe spaces. So if the Secret Service uh, deems and they they sweep the funeral home and they deem that the funeral home is a safe space uh, for their protectee, uh, we're good, uh, and we may leave and go to a place of worship for a funeral. The Secret Service maintains the funeral home as a safe space should the protectee need to be brought back here, um, you know, if there's an issue uh, while transporting or if there is an issue at the uh, place of worship. So uh, they, they um, great, great um, question. And uh, we do provide for all of that. What are some of the things that the average person would not think about or or gaps in security that that many fail to address when when thinking about this kind of an event? One thing that that it happens to us all the time is uh, it's the emotion. Uh, and uh, we are clear on who is supposed to be coming in and um, and, and maybe there may be a, a cousin or an uncle that says, I need to. I have to be there. It's my nephew or I have to be there. It's my cousin or 
So it's not an immediate member of the family. Uh, and, but we, and we were trying to do our very best. Uh, and it comes down to a family member making a decision uh, to allow someone to come in that may not be on the list, it may not be a known person to us, uh, but it may be to them. Uh, so not necessarily a, a lapse, but but it's, it's something we can't provide for. Uh, it's almost like a, a wedding, right? You can you can have your guest list of 200 people and you think you have it all set and then someone turns around and says, you know, we forgot forgot Aunt Mary, <laughs> right? right. Uh, and the same, the same thing can hold true for a funeral where uh, there's a great amount of detail and the list is complete, uh, but they did forget someone. Um, or maybe it's a celebrity that shows up uh, that we need to, you know, be sure that, you know, they're okay to come in. Um, it's not about uh, that celebrity saying, I want to get into a club or a restaurant and the club or restaurant are, you know, just more than happy to have them there for the, uh, you know, for the media. Uh, but for us, it's, that's not that important. As a matter of fact, we pride ourselves on the uh, on the confidence uh, that uh, families uh, place in us and that trust. And so we we maintain confidentiality. And uh, for us, it's not about the media. It's not about the advertising. Uh, we actually look back on some of our funerals and say, can you believe that they didn't get a picture of anything at the place of worship because we didn't share it? Can you believe that no one got a picture here? Um, and, and, and even just... Uh, entering the funeral home, uh, you know, we use, and I'm, this is uh, something that I'm sure a lot of uh, details have used in the past, but, you know, large black umbrella, uh, walking out of the funeral home, we're taking someone out of a vehicle with uh, three or four people around them with large black umbrellas, you know, pointed sideways. Uh, you can't get a shot. You can't see the person. Uh, you know, you can't get a shot with a camera. And uh, we get them into the vehicle, out of the vehicle, and uh, and into the funeral home. So it's something we do quite often. We pride ourselves that um, we can protect our client families that way. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, just I was rereading the list of just the celebrity funerals that you've had at your location, uh, and I can only imagine the paparazzi interest. I my my mind was. Uh, harking back to working like inaugural events and so forth and just thinking of crowds. And I would imagine that you have a lot of the press just camped out stalking in your location when you have one of these high profile funerals that once they get wind of it. They, they do. And, and we see them. Uh, and, and for the most part, a lot of the paparazzi, they're, they're respectful. Uh, you know, we can walk over and say, Hey guys, listen, you know, can you give us a break here? Or, you know, um, and, and then sometimes we, we will, We'll throw them a curveball. Uh, we'll we'll put some activity, uh, you know, near one door, make it look like we're coming out of one door, and then use a different one. Uh, we may, you know, uh, let's just say, move a uh, an empty vehicle, and uh, they're thinking that that's the vehicle that's being used. Uh, so they're they're focused all, you know, maybe going down, you know, eighty first Street, you know, uh, east on eight, west on eighty first, and and we're actually moving north on Madison. So. Um, you know, there's little, little uh, tricks that we use. Sometimes they work well. Uh, sometimes uh, we, we, they don't, but uh, we're always trying our very best. Nothing's perfect. Yeah, we used to call those dummy motorcades. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. And that's what we've done. I assume you also at your events uh, have contingency plans that, that cover everything from bomb threats to medical. 
We, we do. Uh, we uh, quite often, in addition to security being safety and security, we, we do provide uh, private medical. Uh, so if we need to, we will hire uh, an ambulance with a medical team and, um, and they're, you know, just on standby. And so we will have the ambulance with uh, one or two people uh, outside of the facility. Uh, we'll have uh, a medic inside with their go bag uh, if we do need them. So that's, uh, that happens quite often. Uh, we've also talked about uh, and we've we've provided for uh, secondary places of uh, for events. Uh, some families may want to have an event outside, and uh, you know we have to be prepared to move inside uh, should the weather change or should there be a should there be an issue. So we've had um, uh, scheduled events that also have backup uh, places for the. Uh, for the event to take place, uh, the funeral to take place, uh, whether that be indoor or outdoor. Bill, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to say? Fred, I, I think you, you you kind of uh, you kind of hit it all. Uh, you know, when we talk about it, and I, and I was honored to receive the phone call uh, from Katie and, and speak about uh, you know what we do, and and uh, I'm excited that uh, that Ontic uh, you know took interest uh, in what we do as well. Uh, our, our, our nation, our city has been challenged like never before. And so uh, the people uh, that provide the safety and security for families that are going to funerals or whether it's people that are attending a, uh, a concert or a sporting event, uh, you know, our law enforcement uh, and, uh, and what you guys do is, uh, is paramount. Uh, so I appreciate that law enforcement, that security community uh, keeping uh, our city safe and our nation safe, and um, and I hope to uh, you know maybe connect with you guys again in the future. Who knows? Uh, but um, it's been an honor uh, to speak with you today. Well, thank you so much for what you do, Bill. And I sincerely say that uh, I know that uh, you're dealing with families uh, in at their most difficult moments. So it's been a pleasure and an honor to chat with you today. Thank you, Fred. This episode was brought to you by the Ontic Center for Connected Intelligence. Learn more at ontic.co slash center. Again, that's ontic.co slash center. It was produced by AJ McKeon. Our music is a track called Monteverdi Ride and was written by Brian Bristow and performed by Smokin' Novus. Check them out on Spotify. Please remember to rate and review our podcast on iTunes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have questions, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at podcasts at ontic.co or visit ontic.co slash center for more information. Thanks for listening.